Hey there, this is Mitchell Maldonado. I'm a musician, record producer, graphic designer. Right now I work as the media director at Vineyard Boise in Boise, Idaho. In this world where everything has moved almost exclusively online and into a digital realm, I just wanted to have a conversation with other creatives and find out what life looks like for them. It started with a conversation with Ryan Imano. He's a video producer and communications director at the Vineyard in Overland Park, Kansas. And we realized there's a lot more people out there who are navigating through this too. So we just started reaching out to more people. On this episode, we talked to James Moscardini and Matt Terigiano. They're associate pastors at Vineyard Church North Phoenix, and they oversee all the worship, communications, uh, creative arts. And even though they're a large church, they haven't been streaming in the past. And so they had to figure out how to create that resource for their church quickly and to keep their church engaged. We also take a look at what leadership looks like in this season and in the future when the church looks a little different now than it has in the past. Yeah. So we've just been having conversations around this whole doing church in the COVID land and stay at home land. And so we have talked to uh, Kansas City Central, uh, all the people there, which has been awesome. Uh, But now we're here talking with Matt and James, two of the main worship guys at North Phoenix Vineyard. If you guys just want to share who you are, what you do at the church and uh, maybe just start with that. My name is Matt Turgiano, and I am on staff at Vineyard North Phoenix. I've actually been here. This is next next month will be twelve years, which uh-huh. is crazy. It's gone really fast. Um, I'm an associate pastor here. That's kind of all of our our titles. But I oversee um, worship and creative arts. I oversee um, our website. I oversee. Um, a handful of other things that just kind of, as you stay here long enough, you just acquire stuff. So yeah. I like, yeah, but I basically am in charge of our arts team and worship and all the technical arts and stuff like that. I've been in Phoenix now for just coming up to 10 years. I'm also an associate pastor. My main responsibilities are communication and social media. And then I'm also a part of our, creative arts team where I do worship stuff. Um, my main role being like MD slash producer slash instrumentalist. It's good times. Yeah. So now how long have you been not meeting in in person? Um, whenever we got the orders to go on lockdown, which I think was, the so last yeah, weekend th- of March. Yeah, this was our fifth weekend of doing online church. Okay. So actually what happened in Phoenix was um, they didn't shut down large gatherings on that whatever fateful weekend in March that pretty much the country started to roll across. So we actually had our last like live weekend, uh, March 7th or 8th, I think it was. And then literally the governor that afternoon, I think he pretty much knew that it would like throw a bunch of churches into tizzies. Mm -hmm. And so at like 3 PM on that Sunday, they locked down anything larger than 50 people 
we kind of knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, we didn't, we had zero plans to be honest. We were thrust into a whole new world within 24 hours. Um, like everybody else pretty much. Yeah. Cause you guys are, so, and how big is your church again? So we, we probably average about 4,500 people a weekend. And you just have the one main campus. Yeah. We're right? just one campus, yeah. three services. Yeah. I think if I remember right, looking, seeing everybody's Instagram, you guys still li- like live stream on your same service times, right? That's right. Yeah. And it, is it the same service every time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even on a regular weekend, it's three identical services. Yeah. So let me ask you this at like normally in an in-person like three service congregation thing, you're doing it for like just having a lot of people and, and doing that. What was the intention behind doing the three services live streaming? Was it just to keep consistency or was it like to not crash any servers or like what's was, what, what was the thought? It was mostly just to maintain a sense of familiarity and like a sure. super changing like landscape mm-hmm. figured people have like their routines just destroyed within the matter of weeks. But if sure. you know, your regular routine is to go to church at a certain time, sure. then at least yeah. you could maintain that. Now, the yeah, interesting thing we've found is that our service sizes have changed significantly since we started live streaming. Mm, interesting. So, so typically our 11 a.m. on a Sunday is by far the biggest. And now our, night, our early service is now like by far the biggest. Well, that's interesting. Um, people are just like, I can get up and turn on YouTube or do I that. Or, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, with, with the world being totally abnormal for everyone, we just thought stability and consistency and mm-hmm. what is the one rhythm that we can actually keep people in beyond anything else. And so keeping our service times, it, it helped us be able to promote them simply as well. Sure. You we didn't have like a whole bunch of new promotional social media material that like mm-hmm. changed our times. Trust me, the first week we like started to think about it because there was a lot of, a lot of internet traffic at oh, 9 a.m. Yeah. on Sunday morning, the first weekend. So it was a Seriously. bit, a bit nerve wracking to kind of have stability challenges, but that seems to have worked itself out. But, um, we just thought we had to kind of keep things as consistent for people as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have a, a large amount of, um, support people working remotely during the services in terms of like ministry team people. And you know, there's probably somewhere between 20 and 30 people working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to move that to one service where we've got, you know, sure. exponential amount of people to be praying for, or to be cert- you know, we just thought, that was going to be a taxing challenge as well. So, but literally we, the last, the first few weeks, we were just making it up as we go. And then it was really fluid. And, you know, so for us to keep things as, as simple as possible, even if it meant doing it three different times, you know, three times it, yeah, I think it helped us. And we learned a lot, mm-hmm. you know, within that first couple of weeks, just by having multiple services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we've had, we had the same discussions here because I was just like, well, what if we just, you know, move to one service? But um, that that intentionality piece of like keeping the same rhythm and routine for other people was a big factor. Mm-hmm. Can we can we jump back to that first 24 hours that you were saying, like, like the craziness over there and 
and those decisions you guys were making? Like, what was that first week for you guys? What was well, it? Well, we knew on, yeah, it was, it's a blur. <laughs> so basically, um, we, we had a meeting on Monday. We, well, we got, we got the orders basically like Sunday afternoon after church that was like, hey, we're going down to no bigger than 50 people. So then we had, yeah, but you we guys weren't at the stay at home yet, right? Yeah, we went stay at home, yeah. And so on that Sunday, we were like, all right, we're going to, we need, we pulled an emergency meeting between a, a group of our pastors. Like, what's this going to look like? And the funny thing is, we, so we had it all like planned out. We were going to do Facebook Live. Um, we were going to really push like people having watch parties and mm -hmm. gathering small groups together. Like, small groups could still meet. And it was like, all right, this is going to go well. Facebook, we went with Facebook because it's by far like our biggest reach. You know, we have about seven and a half thousand Facebook followers on our page. So anything that we push out immediately gets a ton of, of views. Yeah. Um, and so after that meeting, uh, the governor held a press conference and said that we couldn't have meetings that were more than 10 people. So that immediately, like <laughs> within Ruined two that. hours... Yeah. It was like, no, nah, we can't do the small group get together, like watch mm -hmm. party thing. Cause now that's illegal. Um, so we kind of were like, all right, that's fine. We'll, we'll do the Facebook thing because of reach. And then that we knew that there were a few other existing options. And I woke up on that Tuesday morning. And I, I think I was either, I was texting Matt or I maybe phoned him like real early. Like it was like 7 a.m. 6.45 and I was like, dude, I, I'm like, are we sure that Facebook's the right thing to do? And I was like, oh, I don't really know, man. Like every, like we didn't know anything. Like we're not, for people who are listening, like we're not an online campus at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're like cavemen when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are not it's like true. a cool, technically savvy, like creative church. So we were like super like just figuring stuff out. Yeah. So we explored some other options and dug real deep into uh, the church online platform. And mm -hmm. the main reason that we went with that one was the, the live chat functionality mm -hmm. and being able to pull people into live prayer. Mm -hmm. um, that was a deal breaker. I mean, to be able to still connect with our congregation mm -hmm. and disciple them that way um, and, you know, create that engagement. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, th I think that that's what people are missing out. People who are deciding, and we can talk more about other decisions we made, mm -hmm. but if sure. you don't want to listen to like another hour of talking, <laughs> then, then listen <laughs> real carefully right now. When I say that yeah. right now, engagement is what's important. And good. our average watch time is 44 minutes, yeah. which is if you know anything about the internet, like insane. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you get people yeah. talking in the live chat, they stick around. And if you mm -hmm. have multiple, if you're using Facebook, YouTube, Restream, Church Online, Instagram, you're splitting up your whole congregation and there's no way you can keep them engaged. And they're just going to go mm -hmm. watch Netflix instead. Mm -hmm. Like facts. Yeah, there are, there are a couple of like key components that we thought we wanted one platform. I know everybody's got all kinds of strategies about multiple platforms and getting everything out there. But for us, it was building a synergy and an environment where everybody could be together. That was super important. Hmm. We liked the church online 
platform when we saw it, but there were a couple of key things. A, we didn't know, and I'm not, this is not disparaging of my community. We're just not that tech savvy from the leaders to the congregation. And so we're like, what is the easiest thing Mm -hmm. that people can actually get on? And then originally when we looked at it, we thought, well, in order to get into the chat, do people have to actually have a log on? That's a deal breaker. So Mm -hmm. that's not going to work. And so we kind of did a preliminary look at it. Um, and then kind of said, you know, we think Facebook's our, our strongest point to start. Not that every, you know, we thought this would just be, let's get something going, sure, you know, and then figure it out. But it was literally like an out every hour we were talking around the clock for about four days. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd make these conversations, you know, we'd have these decisions around a table and make these, you know, things, but then we would always be reflecting like, man, I don't know, are we really doing the right thing? And, you know, um, those 7 a.m. phone calls became super essential because we were all kind of thinking the same thing. And it takes one person Mm -hmm. to be brave enough to just say, you know what, I think we can do this, but let's, you know, move forward. And so I give, you know, James and some of those guys super, you know, they've been just diligent about like digging deep into the process and not thinking about their own needs, but like, what is the average person in our church Mm going to do? And, you know, we have, we've for the most part seen our attendance. I mean, again, you can try to figure out what, how that looks. We've gone the most conservative route on like how to judge who's watching our services. Mm-hmm. Um, but the engagement time, you know, having people stay online for 44 minutes to watch our services, mm-hmm. you know, we have an hour long, we, we did trim 15 minutes out of our service. We are normally 75 minutes and we made the choice to be 60 minutes after that first weekend. But you know, that's a pretty amazing statistic to see people sticking with us through. And I think it is the interaction and the engagement that's going on beyond just sitting in front of a screen, watching something that's keeping people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What, what did that look like for you guys to like bring in your volunteers or, or whoever's on the host side of things for church online to like do prayer requests and all that stuff? What did that look like? What, what do you on mean? The what, not, what did it look the, like? How did we recruit people? Or Yeah. How? Yeah. What did that? Yeah. How did you guys recruit people? Well, our pastoral, our pastor team is about 13 people. So they were immediately recruited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then honestly, like our, our prayer team, the way that we've landed now is that, so we have a prayer team that takes care of all the live prayers and they're, they're hosts in quote unquote hosts, but they're not allowed in the public chat unless it's to like grab someone's attention. Cause we wanted to like maintain like the authority of the host tag. Sure. And then all of our pastors are not hosts, but their name is pastor so-and-so mm. and they have separate roles um, to keep engagement going and the live chat. And we can dig more into the weeds on that. Like if you want to get more and more technical, but honestly, recruiting really people cool. is easing people. Our, our church love to volunteer and to serve. Yeah. And honestly, people were emailing us almost immediately. Like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the guy that runs our ministry teams, like literally ran online church training for the, like, you know, every day mm-hmm. for probably the first two weeks with all of our ministry wow. team people. And so we, we strategically chose like a, those that we knew would be most technically savvy to be able to like, it's not, you're not, laying hands on somebody speaking to them, you're literally typing out a prayer. And so that just takes a little bit more, um, you know, sophistication, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we recruited who we thought our best people were first, trained them all. But then, you know, 
the our pastor that oversees our ministry teams, like he has been, you know, around the clock, making sure that that group is robust, that they're engaged, that they're involved. And, and, and yeah, people are looking for stuff to do. There's not a lot, you know, to do. So to be able to say, I'm still on the ministry team at my church and, right. and I can serve in some way. Mm-hmm. I think that's been really, really, um, it's not been hard for us to recruit people. Sure. We've had to get a little bit more smarter at how we're training people. And sure. You know, we provide different things. Like James said, there's, there's a whole bunch you can get deep in the woods in terms of like scripting and Mm -hmm. how we're connecting people beyond just a chat. But there's a lot that has gone on the back end of that to hopefully make that successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one thing I like. So I think it was the first week you guys went online. We, we had our church has not gone online yet. And I was just like, man, everything is like so straightforward and so simple that you guys are like putting out there. Um, I mm-hmm. could really feel that like there was there was like intentionality under everything, which was really cool. Yeah. Like even with you guys doing the one spot for that, like that's something something that I've kind of been like wrestling with a lot. But even just the comment that you made about like scattering our church, like have having them all over the place. And so the idea of keeping everybody in one spot, I think is really cool, which is something like I, I've just been mulling it over a lot. Cause I know we have a lot of engagement we, and we've had a lot of engagement through Facebook, but I really like the idea of just centering like everybody's like, like we would go to the same sanctuary and the same building and everything. We're all going to the same. I think it's really cool. I like that. What, what were some of the other like frustrations on the front end of like moving since you guys were saying you guys were not doing any online, um, services like what what were some of those big hurdles you guys had to jump over at the beginning of everything or were there i kind of feel like the whole thing has not been a hurdle but mm-hmm. just been like a, a mountain that way that way climbing mm-hmm. that yeah. makes sense um because yeah our process has been different almost every week we produce the service during the week which is then live streamed at three different times over the weekend mm-hmm. uh the sermon is recorded live from our stage at 10 a.m. with uh, with pro presenter, so it has live lower thirds, mm-hmm. um, and then our worship is recorded. Well, we have a practice at 2 p.m. and then as soon as we feel like we're ready, we do a few takes of of the worship set, which is then recorded. Um, so we have we have multiple cameras set up in our sanctuary, so that was easy mm-hmm. to do. And we have the capability to track um, one-to-one straight into a Pro Tools. So that's, that's, that's part of our regular process. That's easy yeah. um, for us. Um, what was difficult, honestly, is I've led and played worship on our stage, like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. But recording uh, <laughs> yeah. with re- like one, like playing to an empty room, is super weird. You don't get mm-hmm. any live feedback. Yeah. You feel like borderline disingenuous as you like, I'm not going to say I'm pretending to worship, but mm-hmm. like it kind of feels like it sometimes. Sure. And you're wrestling with all this stuff. Plus everyone's on edge. Cause you don't want to be like that guy who like screws up in the last song. And then you've got to do. <laughs> so like the first time that I led worship, quote unquote led worship. Um, like I, I put all, we use, um, backing tracks. I had, I had made a mistake, so I didn't have enough at the very end for my prayer. So all the stuff like cuts out at the, at the final, I'm like, 
you know, praying to Jesus and then everything goes silent. And I'm like, what just happened? It's like, oh, that was on me. Like now we've got to spend another 20 minutes doing the whole set again. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy, you know. But at least you can do it again though. I mean, yeah. that's that's the luxury of reproducing it. I feel like when it's live, it's forgiving though. Because I make mistakes all the time sure. when it's live. Sure. And people don't yeah. even notice. Or yeah. like you laugh it off, like, oh my capo's in the wrong place, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like when you're there's like the expectation of it being good. And yeah. also just like in our culture and in like my own personality. Like mm-hmm. if I know it's not as good as it could be, like it's just not going to fly. Yeah, I think um, you know I've led like probably in the thousands at this point. Yeah, <laughs> services and you know there is just something different live. You connect with people in a room. Like I'm, you know, I'm leading with a band and I'm leading worship, but I'm also a part of what's going on in the room. And now that has kind of changed, and so you want to keep that same authenticity and you want to keep that same you know desire but you realize that you're not fixed in a in a point in time with a group of people in a room anymore and Mm -hmm. so like james says i I think we're doing it as authentic i I have no like i i go home on thursday night and i don't feel like we're duping anybody if that makes sense like i think we're honoring jesus and we're serving our community really well Mm -hmm. but like it does feel like you're having to manufacture some sort of like connection that is not you know readily apparent Mm -hmm. like something we talk about all the time is like if we're manufacturing energy then we need to stop whatever it is that we're needing to do that and do something mm, that's else. Good. Like, yeah, that's good. But when, so like, so we have a big room, our room seats 2000 people. Mm. Like there's just an inherent energy that comes with that many people gathered. Even if it's yeah. half full, a thousand yeah. people, yeah. like mm-hmm. there's a buzz. Like mm-hmm. when you're in an empty room, that's that big. It's like just a void. You can feel the weight mm-hmm. of the emptiness and you've yeah. got to like fill mm-hmm. up that room with your energy sure and like mm-hmm. honestly on on those thursdays i've been going to bed at like 7 p.m because i'm just i'm i'm <laughs> so wasted. drained i'm so yeah. like emotionally mm-hmm. drained from having to yeah. do that yeah. yeah and and part of it was just the mechanics mm-hmm. like our room is set up better we could i mean we've stripped the bands back you know, we've made it more intimate to view, brought people together so we don't feel like we're in a cavernous room. But like just the the mechanics of our building work really well for us to record in there, mm-hmm. awesome. um, you know, and we want people to feel, again, semi familiar. We don't want to make it so different that then, you know, when we do return, it's like a whole, you know, different process if you will and so Mm -hmm. we intentionally stayed in our main room and on stage partly because it just made life easier for us but also because we want that familiarity Mm -hmm. but the the onus is on us like to really sort of engage with people in a way that's going to transcend beyond them sitting in front of you Mm -hmm. for that moment or you being in a room with them that's probably a little bit more appropriate and you know it's it's a it's a work in progress. I am like, you know, I know in my head when I've screwed something up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, who's going to, is James going to hear that? Are we going to have to do this again? Like, or you hear something, you know, and it's always going through your mind. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't want to kind of think, well, I've got another time to do all this stuff. So you really try to authentically, like for me, it's not so much the leading the songs that's hard anymore. 
Mm-hmm. But like, what am I saying to make this a viable worship experience for somebody that's in their living room? Like we're, we're in a thousand living rooms across the valley now. And so yeah, more than that. I might engage our, our community when we're in the same room in terms of dropping something in to get us to, you know, to do something together. But now I'm having to use language that, you know, will make sense for you if you're in your pajamas in your living room, you know, yeah. eating yeah. ice cream while you watch TV, which you probably are, mm-hmm. and still make it like authentic and worth the opportunity to to worship together. And so like we we evaluate pretty much almost every day what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and, and that's just, uh, I mean, that's been a part of our culture anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, every week we would sit as a team and like what worked, what didn't work. You know, James talked about our, where are we manufacturing energy? Where have we gone to the well too much that we've got to kind of stay a little bit more fresh and authentic and vibrant for, for the moment. But like, so that's a normal process for us, but this is almost because it, it's been so fluid. You're almost doing that every day felt like the first couple of weeks, almost every hour, mm, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. James and, you know, another pastor on our staff, David, and, you know, these guys were writing the rule book yeah. for, you know, we basically were thrust into playing a game we've never played before with fielding a team that's never participated in it. And then trying to somehow like, yeah, and we didn't know what the not rules get were. blown. We yeah. didn't know what the rules yeah. were and try not to get blown off the field. Yeah. You know, that was kind sure. of like our goal. So it's been a wild ride, but you know, there's a, it's kind of exciting too to, to be in this really crazy time in the world, but yet like our church is still functioning somehow and Mm -hmm. still like connecting and still, you know, following Jesus and trying to figure out what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's a, you know, we can't wait for, for the day to come when it gets lifted off, but there'll be a whole new set of responsibilities that we've got to kind of re-engage into at that point. Mm -hmm. But this is probably not going away for us either. I think the online thing, which we fought for a long time, not because we thought it was inherently bad. We just didn't know if it was valuable for us, Sure, but, but now it's, it's here to stay. So that'll be a whole new thing to figure out as well. Mm -hmm. When you don't have every resource possible to pull it off. Yeah. What does it look like, feel like? What's the need? Yeah. So like this is what it's been five weeks for you guys, for, for most of us. So I love that you guys are like swatting it like looking at every single service each week like what has what's the new thing that has worked this this past week or or that you guys seen that's really working for your community yeah so the newest thing that we did is uh so we're a very like for lack of a better word evangelical church in the fact that we're all about like introducing people to jesus i don't want to get the number wrong but it's like five or six hundred people a year um is that right, Matt? That is. Yeah, we had like just under 600 people give their life to Jesus for the first time. And then another like 400 plus rededicate their lives wow. in, in the yeah. last calendar year. 2019. Yeah, that's awesome. So like Easter last year, we had 129 first time commitments in one weekend. It's definitely the Lord because we pretty much run mm-hmm. the same play every 
every sure. salvation call and like it just works and i'm like mm-hmm. there's nothing like cool about it or anything but the lord brings people to him so that being said uh last easter like easter 2020 during corona apocalypse we had uh, 14 <laughs> which let me tell you did not fly <laughs> when it came to uh the way that yeah. we analyze what we're doing so we had <laughs> sure. like all hands on deck like what can we do better and sure. wow. man i reached out to a ton of other vineyards and it's just a problem mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. no so if you if you're familiar with the church online platform you know that there's what's called a moment that comes up where you can raise your hand and man the raise your hand thing the first weekend we went live i think we saved all of glendale because <laughs> everyone had to click it. It's like the, the heart. Yeah, you the just amount of hands in. that yeah. went up was we were like, we're, we're doing it. But like, we didn't we didn't get anyone's details. And, and we're big on sure. that. Like, if we can't yeah. capture your details and follow up with you, then yeah. it's not a salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's it could good. be anyone. Anyone could click that and be like, and it's also yeah. not language that we use. Like, we say, yeah. would you raise your hand and like agree with me in prayer for these people? Um, but we would never say raise mm-hmm. your hand if you've just given your life to the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. So what we did instead is we went, we went all in on text messaging uh, this mm-hmm. weekend, like all in. So everything has gone. We're not using any moments or anything like that anymore. We're not trying to be fancy in the live chat. You know, Brian mm-hmm. did another salvation call this weekend. Brian's our senior pastor. And if you just committed your life to the Lord or recommitted your life to your Lord, to the Lord, then text commit to two, two, nine, nine, nine. Anyone who's listening right now, if what I just said brought you closer to the Lord, text commit yeah, to two, two, nine, nine, nine. And it was, it was yeah. more effective. Um, that's cool. Yeah. It was in the, it was in the twenties. Um, so what we, we do something, I can't, there's like a cool name for it, which I can't remember what it is. Um, it's maybe it's like the feedback loop or something. There's a cool name for it, but I can't remember what it is, but basically like <laughs> you set a goal, right. And then you run a play mm. and then you mm. assess. Mm-hmm. But it, if you know that your goal is good and you know that like the outcome, your measurement is accurate, then the only thing that's different is the play. So for mm. us, the play that we were running was the moment. And we were like, mm. the moment is not working. We need to run a new play. Yeah. So that's good. So we're now saying text messaging is working a little bit better. It's a step in the right direction. Let's refine that process and see Mm -hmm. where that can take us. Um, So that that's our newest, like, Hey, this is broken and we need to fix Mm -hmm. it. And we need to fix it like this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And from a, from a technical standpoint, what are you guys using for texting? We're using uh, textedly. So it's T-E-X-T-E-D-L-Y. So that provides us with a unique short code and three keywords so that people can can text in. It, we are paying mm. a, a subscription service. It's not super expensive. Sure. For a congregation of our size, it's about 50 bucks a week. Uh, sorry, a month, not a week. <laughs> wow. It's about 50 bucks um, a month. But yeah. it, it scales but down. It. Yeah. Honestly, I got... I had a conversation with um, uh, Lindsay Gatlin at CauseCon because that's mm. what they use. They use Textedly okay. as well. Okay. Um, so it just yeah, it we, was just one of those things where like we had had a random conversation about it, and then yeah, 
you know, we were prepared to go in that direction. There are some other services you can use. Text in church is one of them. But I, we felt like for our purposes, Textedly was the way to go. Yeah. And I think investing in, like, like you said, it's a subscription, but this is some of the resources that we need to use right now. Everybody's just kind of figuring this out as, as we go. And it looks, and I think it looks different, you know, depending on your location, your, uh, the size of your church, the, mm. you know, the personality of your church. I mean, there's, there's stuff that would work great in your church that won't work great in our church or, yeah. or Ryan's or whatever. And so I think it's interesting to see kind of what, what everybody's sure. coming up with and how they're, how they're doing it. Yeah. And also like, is it lining up with the goals of your yeah. church organization and the vision yeah. that God's given your senior pastor? Because mm -hmm. when we were reaching out to people, some people were like, we're not even trying to save people right now, mm. which yeah, I, which I guess is fine, radar. but that's not who we are. So we had sure. to fix that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Just to clarify specific, specifically for anybody like out there listening, like our, our goal is to like reach, to bless the world. Like we want to reach people that are far from Christ. We know just want to introduce them. That's the starting point. We want to disciple them. We want to teach them to do the stuff. We want to teach them to pray for the sick, to care for the poor, to, you know, to bind up the broken in, you know, to do all of those things. And so for us, like seeing new people come to Christ is a huge priority. Mm -hmm. It's not the only thing we're about. It's certainly yeah. not even close to being the only thing, but it's the starting point. And, you know, so for us, we don't want to just, I, I think the first week we were just literally happy that we didn't break something. Like sure. we actually had church. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even yeah. kidding. Like yeah. we were all white knuckled, like waiting for the video to start. Like, is it going to go? Like, yeah. are we going to yeah. get there? You know, the just way. don't break church. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. But once you kind of develop the process and the strategy, and, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, certainly James and I think a lot about and in our church, staff does, but like, we're always thinking processes and strategies and like, how do we make this not only scalable, but transferable. Mm. And, and that's just how our brains work, you know, and we're transferring something in house to our staff, to our mm -hmm. people. But, you know, we wanted to reflect as much as we could, the kind of church we are, even when we can't meet together. Mm -hmm. And that's like good. the connection point is super important. And so, you know, we're, we're again, just trying to right now, even, you know, we've got a document started just trying to figure out how do we fight this uphill battle in the internet world where people can remain anonymous and they actually like that. Mm -hmm. How do we draw them out of the weeds? How do we draw them into community? We don't just want them to show up and watch our service and stick a bunch of emojis in the chat. And, you know, that's about it. We want them to go deeper. We want them to be a part of our church. And okay. so, you know, you can't, there, we can't see people face to face, but what can we do? And so, you know, the chat stuff really wasn't working well in terms of connecting with, with like something really intentional and crucial happening. Mm -hmm. So the text things are hopefully the next thing, but, but also those are going to somebody immediately and they're getting an immediate response. And then they're being phoned within like the hour mm -hmm. if they've given us their information where a person can follow up with them, pray with them on the phone you know, do those things that would happen literally in the room together. Mm -hmm. And so we're just trying to figure out how do we do the basic fundamental things that occur on a weekend in a new virtual environment and using technology to, to kind of make this somehow 
you know, doable for the unforeseen future. Mm-hmm. That's really good. What what other ways are people finding community now that everything's online? I know you got your guys's uh, food shelter is still open. Um, yeah. What what do small groups look like for you guys? And how do like like you said like in, inviting new people into into those spaces? What does that look like for you? Um, so one of the main ways that we're connecting with people is that we do Facebook Live once a day. Mm. Um, so one of our pastors goes live every single day with with a short like 20 30 minute depending on who's doing it um a short devotional and those look like teaching a bible study a time of worship and those have been you know surprisingly effective i mean one of the cool things about facebook is you know if someone follows your page they get a push notification that you're going live Mm -hmm. um and then secondly it stays up so it's funny you'll you'll get a like it makes me laugh so hard people who watch the video like three <laughs> days later, but they comment on it as if it's live. Like I can hear sure. you great. It's like what? Um, <laughs> so that's that's been a really good way. Um, a lot of our small groups are using Zoom or mm-hmm. Cisco's platform or whatever. Our yeah. food bank is still open. We're leaning hard in, into text. You know, we have um, text messages for. Prayer. If you have a prayer request, you can text someone and they'll get back to you and follow up and put you on a prayer list. I mean, really, like our whole front office, we're still working. We're still fully operational. Yeah. So we're doing all that stuff. What what we had to do, you know, as a when our organization, which is larger than fifty people, you know, went down, we we made the decision two two fundamental decisions beyond like the weekend service not failing was we're going to keep the food bank open seven days a week, which was actually more than it was previous. Mm. And we're not going to like lay off any staff, even if their jobs fundamentally have to shift. Like we've got Mm -hmm. maintenance people and, you know, people that, that now all of a sudden their jobs. And so we created two teams. One was a, is a care team. And the care team basically is phoning. We've got something like 13,000 people in our database that have in some way, shape or form, you know, from the member of our church to, you know, they've been a few times, but they're in our database. Yeah, I mean, so, just came to an outreach like once. Yeah, that's right. They don't even, maybe didn't come to church, but we got their information through something. And so the care team is working on calling. I think the first level was everybody 60 and above mm-hmm. checking in with them. Mm-hmm. How are they doing? Do they need anything? Praying with them essentially that way. And every ministry is doing that with their own volunteers as well. Mm-hmm. But this was more of like a, and then we have a crisis team on the other side of that. So care team takes something in somebody needs. I mean, we've had that, like, I can't get uh, cat food right now for my pet. I can't go out. Sure. And so a call like that will, I know it sounds silly, but literally that happened. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so it gets sent with a crisis team. Like, and you need to feed your cat. Yeah. You can't leave your house. You can't leave yeah. your house. Yeah. So then the crisis team will go and do that. And so we've kind of created like an outreach post mm. for our staff. That's, you know, has additional work hours at this point. We're just trying to keep people connected that way, talking mm. lots on the phone, you know, all of a sudden I hate to talking on the phone. Like mm. I literally do not like it at all, but all of a sudden the phone call has replaced something that's been gone for a long time. And so literally just calling up people, mm. you know, I, 
I actually ask the Lord each each week, hey, highlight somebody that, you know, for me that I haven't thought about or talked about. And, and it's funny, you'll get names of people and I've just been phoning them and texting them and, you know, just trying to stay in their periphery. We're just trying to keep the church in everyone's periphery, but not just so that they can watch, but they can, you know, be a part and participate in some way. Mm -hmm. So it's a struggle. I wish we, you know, we've got like 120 something small groups. I wish every small group, you know, I could say that everyone is online. They're doing wonderful things. It's, it's, it's just harder. Yeah. Those that can are, and those that are not, we're driving towards those that are doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're thinking about starting to launch some of our training classes via zoom and, you know, things like that, because we don't know how long we're going to be in this kind of situation. Yeah. And so we're, we're starting next week know, with some online classes. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. It's like yeah. phase two for us. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just had the idea of like, Oh, what does a newcomer's reception look like on a zoom mm-hmm. call or right. something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you having newcomers? Are you having first time guests popping up in your live streams? Dude. So really cool moment last, last week. Um, someone was looking for just Google non-denominational, non-denom, uh, church near me, looked at a few different Easter services, landed on ours, loved it, filled out a connect card online, messaged me on Facebook, our Facebook. And I got to pray for her. Awesome. Now she's trying to join a small group, That's which cool. is like, which is really cool. Like, okay. Like, like you guys, right? Like every, everything's a priority. And so the fact yeah. that we get to like invite her into a small group, into a community mm-hmm. is the big piece. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Building the communities and keeping the communities like the harder struggle because we can create a service and play it and do that. But how do we keep people actually engaged rather than just watching something and seeing it happen on the screen? And how do we keep people interacting with each other and the rest of the church? I think that's been like the more challenging thing. Like the technical aspect is a, a piece of it. And I feel like a few weeks in, like now I'm, I'm kind of, I've gotten that handled. Like, the technical side is down, but how do we keep our, our church engaged and how do we keep that, that same kind of community? And people are, our, our church chomping at the bit to be a part of something like our food mm-hmm. pantry is blowing up. Um, mm-hmm. We had the first day we offered like drive through service. We had like cars down blocks, like waiting in line for, for food. And we had like, it, it made the news because we're like one of the few food banks that are open. And so there's, there's plenty of people that are getting in there. Cause that's like one of the few places that you can still go and see people and do, do something tangible as well. Like hand them a food box and pack a pack a box and do that. And so for us, it's been like, how do we look at different ways beyond that? Like that, that aspect is great, but how do we create more opportunities or maybe opportunities for those people that can't leave their house that can't do that. Right. Like we, like since Lindsay's been pregnant, we haven't been part of the food pantry because they had somebody that was potentially exposed to Corona. And so we were like, well, we're just not going to risk it. Like, I'm just, we're not going to go. And so for us, like we haven't been a part of that. And so for anybody who's in a situation like ours or they, you know, like you said, autoimmune can't leave the house or whatever, what does engagement look like for them when they can't, you know, physically come and be a part of anything? Yeah. Well, the, the nice thing is, is that there is a timer on this. So like mm. we will be back to, meeting and engaging sure but something that i've started to think about is like we are getting people join us from around the country and even around the world and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if they stick around 
So we need to figure out like sure. how, yeah. like we're, we're going to have an online campus for lack yeah. of a better word. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know how that looks yet. We, we ha- our first meeting is tomorrow. So yeah, we're going to have to figure yeah. that out. When you but guys figure are, it out, let me know. Uh, <laughs> for real. <laughs> I think it's always a question of like, resources first you know what's your return on investment yeah like i'll be really curious mm-hmm. like what what it'll look like when there's only 50 people watching it sure you know if that and and would 50 people be a success you know i have no idea sure. i would think that's a lot of people but i have no clue you know i the reason i held the door closed for so long was because i literally had like maybe the odd businessman every once in a while saying hey i really wish i could watch you know, the service when I'm in, you know, wherever, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, it's up 48 hours after it happens. Like (laughs) that's not good enough. Like you're in London, you're going to literally watch it in the middle of the night or, you know, but, but now, you know, I do think there are people watching from around, around the country and around Mm -hmm. the world. And it's not just those that are trying to kind of see what you're doing. Like, you know, that's me. I watch everybody's services because I can't go anymore, Yeah, you know, but, but what will the, what will, how much emphasis will we put on it? And then what's the return on investment? Like, you know, this could easily be a full-time job mm-hmm. for, in some circumstances. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it will be for us. Sure. You know, this will probably just be a, you know, as I said earlier, when you've been here long enough, your just job description starts to grow a bit. And, yeah. you know, there'll probably be a few of us that have some extra parts or components, mm-hmm. but, but we'll see. We don't know what we don't know. And, uh, you know, I think it's here to stay. I don't see why it would go away. I think we figured out how to do it well. I've been more thinking about when we open up, you know, irrespective of your size and scope, wherever you're at, you almost have to take like a church planting mentality towards your weekend services. Because I do believe there's going to be a lot of people that are far from Christ that are going to be looking for faith. They may not be searching online and watching our services right now because Netflix has way more cool things to watch. But, sure. <laughs> but like when the the thing is lifted, I do think we're going to see an influx, not just in Vineyard, you know, Vineyard North Phoenix, but around the country. And, mm-hmm. and I think our churches need to kind of be thinking through that, thinking through it in terms of what their weekend service now looks like. Maybe they're mm-hmm. drastically shifted. You know, we're, we shifted to an hour online. Will it go back to 75 minutes? I don't know. You know, will we, you know, what are the different engagements via technology in the service? Mm. Are we going to let people text, you know, during the service to connect as a guest or, you know, all those kind of things. But, but I think we need to be almost rethinking about not rethinking, but like thinking about how are we relaunching our churches, even the established ones that have been around for a long time. And and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that pioneering process again, because I think there's a ton of, there's a ton of people that are going to be hungry for, for hope and answers. And we could provide that. And so people are going to just want to do this, want to leave the house. I've been in my house for six weeks. Like, let me go. Yeah. Good. Like, yeah. I'll check uh, out a church. Somebody invites me to church. I'll go. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I've been home anywhere. for 10 months. <laughs> yeah. No, so, that's a, yeah. That's a really good word. It's important for us to be thinking through that. Like, you know, what happens if you, you know, do start seeing tons of salvations in your mm-hmm. churches, you know, which should be great. What, what a wonderful problem to have. Yeah. yeah. Or even on, yes. on a more practical level is like, yeah, like 
you're going to have to recruit volunteer volunteers yeah. to run your kids ministry like week one yeah. of going back like are they still yeah. in contact are they are they going totally. to the live stream are they engaged in the church mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. that's more of the practical yeah. side of things that we're totally running your ministry again yeah yeah you can't run it with five people anymore right. like we've pretty much used the same ban people because we've wanted limit exposure and stuff like right. that but yeah same i here. was even talking to james over the week and i'm like man we need to i need to send something out to every musician like Mm-hmm. You know, what about those drummers that just started playing and maybe they haven't been practicing because they have nothing to work towards, you know? Yeah. Do I need to send them 10 songs to just have in their, you know, in their arsenal ready to go? You know, how do we keep people engaged while they're on the bench? Yeah, I had know? the same thing with my media people because I we stripped it down to like three people. It's me mixing, we had a video switcher and somebody running pro presenter and that's it. And it's been like the same three guys every week just same thing like not risking more more exposure more people touching all the gear i like a couple weeks in i was like oh man i haven't talked to like anybody else on the media team like it's like i was in crisis mode and i just haven't like like you said all those people that are on the bench that were getting rotated in and were we were seeing them every other weekend and now it's been, you know, five, six weeks since somebody's come, you know, somebody else has come in the, in the booth. Yeah. And so even yeah. just fostering that community with all of them, because usually they're pretty good about like hanging out with each other back there. And I was like, Hey, wh- like, what are you guys doing? Are you guys still alive? Like what's, what's going on? You like just asking them, you know, is there anything you guys need? What, you know, what's going on in your end? Do you guys have any ideas? Like that's for me, it's like asking, like, we have a bunch of other people that have different skills than me. And for, for me, I'm like, this is not a, a well-oiled machine. It's, it's something that we're figuring out. And if there's something we can do better, let us know if there's another resource, but even just asking them and not trying to figure it out on my own, like, Hey guys, you guys got an idea? Let's, I mean, even at our size, when we get back to normal, we are fully dependent on volunteers. Like we will die without volunteers. And so I think James is really that's a crucial mm-hmm. component that and we've just started to talk about it again because we can, not that I think that a date is clear in time, but we know it's coming. So sure. I don't want to be on a Sunday, you know, okay, now you've got six days to figure out how to go live with a right. service again. Like we've yeah. done exactly the opposite. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. sounds crazy to me. Yeah. You go back into crisis mode, trying to figure yeah. out how to like flip it around. Damage control to damage control. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, like on a personal level, how are you guys? Like, are you guys able to mm-hmm. just find Sabbath or disengage from anything? Or is it just like nonstop? You guys feel this pressure of like, hey, we we are the church. We're we're like called to this in this moment. Like, what does that look like for you guys? How are how's your soul? Um, I'll be honest with you. I've had two days off mm-hmm. since we uh, since we went live online. Um. I know that like with my, just the way that God created me mm. is like, I will just work until like, I will do everything I, I like humanly can to make, to make it happen. Like I was at work at 2am on Friday and I was back at work at 8am on Saturday morning because Dang. a video exported wrong 
and I, I caught it late and, you know, maybe other people would have been like, I'll fix it in the morning. But like, I, I drove into work at 1230 mm-hmm. past midnight and re-edited the video and re-exported it and stuck around for the export to test it again mm-hmm. and then re-upload it and then went back in. That's just, that's just my personality. Like our church, I think people see our church and think, man, they just like have resources. Like they can do so much stuff. They have resources. Mm -hmm. We don't have resources. We like to say that we have grit. (laughs) So we are gritty. We'll like, yeah, like we work work hard. We work super hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, but I know that like, that like, it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I've, the last couple of weeks, like I've really tried to take a day off and like be really like, like even our senior pastor was, was like, you, you guys on the off. team, like you need to make sure that you're getting at least a day off. Mm-hmm. Like to, yeah. the, to the point where I'm like setting an email auto reply. That's like, I'm taking today off. Like, just so yeah. you know, cause I know that's that good. like, I'm one of the go-to guys. And I, if someone sends mm-hmm. me an email, it's because like they need something and they'll yeah. do it. So I've been like really, really, really guarding right now. My day off is Wednesday, which is like super weird. Dude, same here. Yeah. 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 So my day off is Wednesday and I've been making sure that, um, I take that off. And then in terms of like soul care, so I, I'm really diligent with making sure that I spend time with the Lord every morning and reading my Bible and doing that stuff. But one thing that I've re-upped is exercise. Um, -hmm. so I've been, I've been exercising almost every single day since we've gone online. Um, Cause I have like, I know that people have like certain tendencies that they'll lean towards mm-hmm. if like you're stressed or if you're in like chaos mm-hmm. mode, like that may be drinking, it may be overeating, it may be like watching the wrong stuff, it may be spending too much time mm-hmm. on social media, it may be whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I found like if I'm like exercising and I don't, I don't drink at home because I, li- I live by myself. Like then that keeps me, it keeps like, like anxiety mm-hmm. and depression and all that stuff yeah. kind of at bay. Mm-hmm. Like, especially yeah. when like you're out of your regular routine, like there's something mm-hmm. about like, for me, exercising is like, okay, it keeps my, like, cause I'm, I'm super high energy person anyway. Like I'll, I can work like 16 hours and not be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. but it, it, it like brings me down to a level where like, I can be calm and, mm-hmm. and actually like unwind in a healthy way when I get mm-hmm. off work. That's not like mm-hmm. right. having a, like needing, needing a beer to unwind. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, well, I'll go, f- I'll go cycle for like five miles or whatever, or maybe I'll go run a couple miles. And then that helps me to like clear my head and unwind in like a more healthy way. Mm-hmm. And then I can like go to bed because that's what I have time to do. Yeah. What about oh, you, Matt? Good. Yeah. I, so my personality and, and is so like, let me say, like, I'm not like one of those CrossFit guys. Like I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not nope. Mr. Exercise. Like at yeah, all. for those of you who don't know yeah. James and you're listening, he's super ripped. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. No. <laughs> I'm Look like hundred pounds wet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what this says about my personality, but like, I feel like I'm built for times like this. Mm. Like I, part of my 
person, like my, <laughs> my personal disposition, maybe my, you know, mental composition is that like I thrive in like stressful situations. Um, flexibility is a super, like, is not a hard thing for me, but I also feel like it's a God given thing, like built for a time like this. Like I can yeah. handle crisis. Now I don't like it. Mm-hmm. There was, I, I'd be lying though. So I love change. Like I am like, I love change. Like change is like my favorite thing. Like, why not? Let's try something different. Yes, we can do this. You know, whereas other people, I drive people on our, our executive staff, like literally crazy, you know, but we had no choice but to change. So like it tapped into like my, my desire to change and do something like I'm probably ADHD before it was ever diagnosed. So like it was a multitasking, like, you know, Nirvana for the first like 10 days. Cause this is what, you know, we're all over the place. We're doing video and we're on chats and we're writing stuff and, you know, but, um, you know, the only way those that that working hard is sustainable, I would agree with James is I've had to like really find a rhythm like I've for the last, you know, for, for several years, just tried to figure out a rhythm. You know, I I work full time at the church. I teach part time at a university. You know, I'm literally always doing something. But uh, when we ran, you know, when this started to happen, it was like around the clock, like we're literally you know, in communication from about 7am till midnight on most days, yeah. you know, for like but I just started, like. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. around that, like Every literally day. I felt it after, after two weeks, I'm like, okay, I've got to like, you know, and so my gym shut down, which was a bummer, but uh, I, I have these hills behind my house that like every other day I'm either hiking or running and running is calling to call it running is literally a little bit probably over exaggerating. Like my goal is to just beat the people that are walking on the streets. So just, just so we're clear. But for me, I put on headphones. I listen to the Bible. Hmm. Like I'm like 25 days ahead on my year in the Bible because I can spend an hour just listening to it on repeat. And I know for me, like being able to do something physical and sweat and not talk to people for an hour and just do something that I can come home and engage. You know, I still have a family at home. So mm-hmm. like for a while I was bringing home work like 24 seven, but we've made a conscious decision to literally sit down at the dinner table and have dinner together and watch a movie together. I only have one son at home right now. And so it's a little different because when they're all home, they want to eat a lot and watch movies. And so it's easier, but like we just had to figure out a rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, the, the blessing of this, I know this is going to sound weird and maybe it'll sound more unhealthy than it is, but like I'm spending a lot more time at home, which is a good thing. Yeah. Like my wife and I are walking almost every day for a little bit just to get out of the house. Like we've never done that and we enjoy each other. We're good friends, but like, you know, when you're That's good. quarantined <laughs> together, you know, all of a sudden you got to make sure that you're good friends still. And, uh, so that's actually been really, really uh, a good thing. Like enjoying, I have a, it's the weather's not horrible yet. And so I can actually sit outside in at our house and enjoy the backyard and uh, just trying to take a deep breath when you can. It's, mm-hmm. it's super important. And I've been FaceTiming people that matter to me. You know, I've got family in New York city that, you know, I'm probably really rubbish at calling on a regular basis, but all of a sudden, you know, it matters. And so just, Mm -hmm. just trying to stay connected and not, you know, stay, you know, 
you can live in a cave right now pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've and, probably spoken uh, to my grandparents not- more in the past month than I have like in the yeah. past few years, which is yeah, yeah. I'm ashamed to admit, but mm. sure. And for for me, one of the things is like I I like to organize and lead things, but. I've watched our team, a team develop that wasn't a team. Like we worked together, but there was no team and, and like letting people do what they're made for has been really fun to watch. Hmm. And, uh, it takes a lot of pressure off of me because my personality is I'm going to make sure something is going to work. Like it's my, I, I take probably over responsibility for it. And I don't know, again, my personality is kind of interesting and unique, but, but seeing like getting, I've actually spent more time after the first week getting out of the way and doing what whatever role mine is whether it's just leading the band or playing in the band or you know responding to you know i'm the operational support on the team which i think they just made up it's like the mascot (laughs) for the for the war room but you know it's been really great to see people rise to the occasion and work together and and Mm -hmm. and and uh it just uh it's just about keeping each other sane during it too, yeah. you know. Hey, are, are you all right? What what can I do for you? Do you need anything? Mm-hmm. Kind of my leadership style even before this was, hey, what are you working on right now and what can I help you with? Mm. I don't want to be the bottleneck. I don't want to be the micromanager. I actually, you know, worked hard at like finding the best people that are way better than me in their disciplines so that they can run out front and and just go and and I'll help steer the ship where I need to. But, you know, we've got a pretty good work um, workflow for the most part. But it's not just the arts team now either. That's the other thing. It's like we've had to open up and and work with other people that, you know, haven't necessarily been day to day rubbing shoulders. But it's been great to see these guys and girls like just just make it better than it was before. So so I'm really excited. One of the things that. I think is going to come out of the, or at least that I hope is going to come out of um, Corona apocalypse that I'm insisting on calling it that. <laughs> is, I like it. Is I think that I'm, I've been thinking about this and it's not a fully formed idea. Um, so that's like my, give me grace, but I, I think it's has validated a lot of millennial leadership mm-hmm. because mm-hmm literally most boomers just can't do this stuff and that's yeah. not like a, a slight on them they're just they're technically like at a almost at like a what defines them as a generation is that mm-hmm. they're not digital natives mm-hmm. but digital natives mm. you know boomers and zoomers are like yeah like streaming's great i do i do twitch all the time or i i'm watching a live stream or i listen to podcasts all the time this is how you do yeah. this yeah and it's it's forced boomer feels so I'm not being offensive when I say the word boomer. I'm just saying like a certain generation. Yeah. Um, it's forced boomers to have to step back and be like, show me how to do this. Or you're Mm, in charge of this because I don't know how to do this. Like Mm. I'll show up, I'll still give vision and show up to preach, but like you guys are going to have to basically lead the church. And that's happening all around the country because Mm -hmm. you know, where our generation is like, like, yeah, like I do know how to edit video or like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I know how to produce a live stream. Like I've been doing mm-hmm. that just in my own time because that's yeah. what 
we do like we go live on instagram with our friends because right. we're that's that's the space that we live in um so mm-hmm. i'm hoping that when we come out of of all of this that not only will boomers like this is cool like you're good at this like maybe take this and run with it but also mm-hmm. that like millennial and zoomer leaders will know like you know i i can do this stuff and like the, yeah like, you know, it may look a little different, but there's a mm-hmm. role for me to play in like the big C church. Right Absolutely. On. Yeah, that's good. Man, thanks for being so, so honest and open. Yeah. Um, it helps me hear other people um, are just going through the same thing and we're able to just talk about it and, and know that like, hey, we're, in, we're all in the same storm, maybe not the same boat, but definitely mm-hmm. the same storm. So for, for me, it's almost educational. Like I'm almost having these conversations like, all right, I need to get better at this. Like what, I'm, what, what, what aspects are other people doing really well and what pieces can I like the text idea? Like we've been trying to f- figure out a way to have a better way for people to respond to the message. And I think the way you guys are doing is great with, with doing the text and well, we're in week one, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, well, it's yeah. already a better idea than I had. So yeah, well, yeah, but well, I, I think uh, you're right. I think a, a lot of these pieces are here to stay, and I, and I think it's going to allow a lot more. Um, I don't know the word, just like a broader spectrum of what it looks like to be the church absolutely. and lead in the church. Um, doesn't necessarily look like being on the prayer team and being at the front of the church you know, and, yeah. and laying hands on somebody. Cause right now we can't do that. Yeah. So what does it look like to be the church, you know, out, outside of these walls? And so, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. I think it, it's going to, it's, it's going to open some eyes, I think a little bit for on both sides on, on the older generation and the young, younger generation too. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely like, it is on the, it like the younger generations, their responsibility now to step up because sure. Come on. they yeah. need to like, mm-hmm. and you can't, it's good. You can't have been complaining about boomers for the past five years and not step up right now because this is your sure. chance. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. Like man. literally shame on you if you're not stepping up right now. Like, And do the hard work of articulating something for somebody that has no grid for what you're talking about. Like that's yeah, where I think time. the big disconnect is. Mm-hmm. And it comes across a lot of times as arrogance or it comes across, you know, I, I mean, boomers, am I right? Like that's been yeah. said a thousand yeah. times, just the way millennials, am I right? Like everybody's got a, a bias against certain things, but, but I would just say like mm-hmm. younger leaders think through how do you articulate something? How do you transfer something that you inherently know and believe in, in a way that is going to make sense for somebody that has a totally different, you know, life experience for you? Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, I'm not a boomer and I'm not a millennial. I'm, I'm that forgotten generation, generation, but I've worked really hard at, at trying to communicate to the leaders that are older than me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and like, it's the gap between both. And so it's, it's been helpful. I can see my place on the team. I'm not, I'm not writing the playbook for what's happening that James and David are. And James is actually really good at this because we've worked, I mean, we've worked together for 10 years. So, you know, we, we think a lot alike and we have to deal with the same kinds of people all the time. And so we don't want to get taken to the, (laughs) to the woodshed for no reason. Um, 
But I realized that like my role is maybe to then, okay, this is what we're doing. Here's how it needs to be communicated to somebody that has no idea what, why we're doing it or why you would, you know, the, the whole process and, and just try to kind of like bring everyone together yeah. rather than having these like, you know, warring parties that just don't get each other, yeah. you know, or, or think there's value in it. And so I think it's a both end. Older yeah. leaders need to make yeah. space for younger people, but younger people you need, you know, we need to, to be mature in how we communicate. Communicating is so important. Yeah. You know, you could have all the savviness and great ideas in the mm-hmm. world, but if you don't know how to express those in a way that, that somebody else can make sense of, you're just going to be frustrated all the time. Yeah. yeah and you people know. aren't going to like you. That's good. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to yeah. get there. There is like something that's really important to me is like, I think it's called leading up. Mm. Like, like this is a time to really learn how to lead up because mm-hmm. you're not going to lead the organization like mm-hmm. when we right. come out of this, but like, you need to be able to like, for example, like something that I put together was like literally how to engage in a live chat. Mm. Like if you're, you know, if you're a millennial or a zoomer that comes really normal to you. Like, how do you comment mm-hmm. on something? Mm-hmm. But like I put together a document for our, our, for our whole staff that was like, Hey, this is how you, this is how you engage in a live chat. These are the kinds of things that you say. This is how you get mm. someone's attention. You say, at, sure. you know, the weird at sign, this person, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like there's not, I don't think you can over communicate. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, you're, sure. and people, they really appreciate, like people appreciate, cause mm-hmm. we're all, we're all as confused as each other right now. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's an expert. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. 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 Good that's, stuff, man. There's so good. much practical wisdom that you guys brought to this, just this session. So yeah. I'd, some, some of the things that I, I pulled off was that question of how are we relaunching services when we come back together? That's a really good one. Uh, that three mm. part set a goal, run a play, assess, mm-hmm. like that's super practical that people can just bring into their organization, into mm-hmm. everything that they're doing. And just the last things you guys said about articulating well and, and leading up. Yeah. Some really good, good stuff. And even the communication side, just, I, I think that's a huge piece that s- somebody at our age and in our, in our positions could get stuck in where they're not, they're like, oh yeah, this makes sense to me. And these people just don't get it or whatever. They're not figuring out how to, how to communicate it well. And I think that's a huge piece to kind of like before, even on, on your side, you get frustrated about it. Like take a breath. All right. How do I explain this? Like for me, I, I, I had been working on that on like the audio side for our volunteers, like training them, like, how do you patch stuff? How do you, and like figuring out how do you explain patching when they don't know what the word patching means? So I was thinking about that in the practical, physical things in the church. And so now that we're transitioning to digital resources and online things, like what does that look like to share resources like that and explain how we can do stuff to somebody who has never, never had to do it before because they, you know, everybody's thrust into this digital world that they have to live in. You you could have ignored it before, but now like, yeah, you're kind of in it now. I've got, I have one last thing that I think is really important. And that is to uh, like document and write everything down. Mm. Um, yeah. If you're, 
you can't be the gatekeeper because you've got all of this in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you get like, like seriously, if you get sick, yeah. And you're running the show, like what happens? Yeah. So something that That was literally our conversation always like, that's good. Trained me to do is like, cause he knows, like I'm a, I'm a thinker. Like I like to think about (laughs) stuff. Like I, and I've said this to my staff, like if I don't do something for you right away, it's not because I don't care. It's like, I really like to think through everything and then I'll, you know, make the play, which I think is most investigated. But in the past, I've also been guilty of like, well, I just keep it in my brain. Well, how do we do the wiki video? Well, James knows how to do that. Like I know how to do that. Yeah. But right now it's like, you could get coronavirus at any time Mm -hmm. and you're got, and you're out for two weeks, whether you die or not. Like, I know that sounds really dark, but it's the reality of our times. Yeah. So we've been really diligent in as plainly as we can writing every mm-hmm. single system out. Mm-hmm. Checklists. Like this is, this is how you yeah. do everything. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, because I yeah. was so bad at that personally. Like I was, when I would leave, I, there was a few times I was leaving the country. Sometimes service almost didn't happen because they didn't, no one knew how to do or troubleshoot stuff when you're gone. That's, right. that's the kicker is like when something breaks. Like, because you know how to turn the sound desk on. Right. Yeah. Or like literally like that, like simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Or if this doesn't work, oh, you just got to like restart the, you know, restart this or do whatever. You kind of know the little quirks or whatever sometimes. Yeah. But if nobody else knows that and and you're not around, I mean, for whatever reason, honestly, like for, for in the future, like regardless of coronavirus, like if you're on vacation, like Mm -hmm. how, how do you continue the weekend without you know, making sure that you can actually have vacation and not be chatting with volunteers like on, on Sunday morning still, even though you're not, cause that's me. That's like, I've, I've been so guilty of that. It's like, I'm on vacation, but Sunday at nine o'clock, I'm still texting all my volunteers and they're like, Hey, where's this? There's, where's this? And I'm like, ah, oh. and so like, I've, that's, that's the thought that I've been thinking is trying to, trying to write everything down trying to like, I have checklists now in our media booth on what to turn on on Sunday mornings. Like, yeah. You know, what, what gets turned on? What, what do we have to, what are our passwords for stuff? <laughs> yeah. Big, dude, yeah. Passwords are That's big huge. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. We have a Google like, doc with all of our passwords. Yeah. Like I, I, for some reason I never thought about it. And then I've had volunteers who have been volunteering for me for like three years and they're like, yeah, what's the password for this again? I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah. We document everything. Like yeah, every meeting good. we've ever, like you could, come into our Google doc drive and like see 10 years of weekly agendas and Mm -hmm. like ridiculous notes of stuff, Mm -hmm. every manuscript we've ever written. But, but like that stuff, when we're doing that, it's, it's building a process and a strategy, not like dependent on one person. Yeah. Like if we, you know, it's all nice and well to think I'm super important and I need to be here to do all this stuff. But like we, you know, nobody, no, everybody, first of all, that's not healthy. Let's just be yeah. honest. Yeah, and, it's and it's, it's a little built in insecurity. And so, you know, you need to kind of just develop processes that, mm-hmm. that are, that are transferable. The other thing is, you know, we, we kind of, we're asking people that are better than us all the time, how they do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and I think, you know, I, I can speak in the, you know, the vineyard world. I think there's probably a lot of like 
weird culture around trying to like beg, borrow and steal. Like you should steal everything that's good that you yeah. can possibly get your hands on. Yeah. Anytime somebody comes to our church that's new and they go to our service, we're like, hey, so what did you think about that? Is there anything you saw that was weird? Anything we could do better? Like so good. we put that eye on ourselves, but like I'm always trying to figure out how do we do better? Like the mm-hmm. only reason we've had any change in a play is because we've called somebody that we think is better than us that said, this is what we're doing. So we're like, Hey, maybe that's going to work for us. And so in us documenting all that stuff, it's, it's literally so that anybody that needs something like Mm -hmm. can have it. We don't care. Like, I think that's part of the responsibility of, of being a larger church in our movement is Mm -hmm. to share those resources wherever possible. Now Mm -hmm. you've got to do the hard work to figure out what's scalable and what, makes sense for you. But I would tell you right now, it's a, a fallacy to think that like, we're just super savvy and you can't pull off anything because that's yeah. so not the truth. Yeah. We actually are pretty basic in almost everything we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's we're intentional. Terrible. We're yeah. just not trying yeah. to like, we want to just do the really basic stuff. Well, and, okay. uh, but, Fundamentals, but right? yeah, anybody that's listening that, that needs help, like James is going to like, uh, I will run your live make stream. All of his, he, will, <laughs> he will make all of his thoughts available for you. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, just just watching some of the things that you guys have been d- doing the past few weeks, I've been taking some of those little intentional pieces mm-hmm. uh, into our live stream services. So I just want to say thank you yeah. for spearheading a lot um, of different things. And mm-hmm. so, like, I'm taking some of that um, and stealing it, I guess. But, like, yeah, back to, like, writing, documenting things down, like, I was on a call with James like two years ago and that's like the biggest thing I remember too was just, he like looked me dead in the eye. I was just like, you have to document everything because no one else will. Yeah. It's facts, man. Well, that's true. I'm like, I'm an unashamed uh, Gary V enthusiast. And he always (laughs) said, he always said document don't create like, like you're doing stuff all the time. Like if you think you don't have content, like you're out of your mind. So good. Even what we're doing right now, just having right. these conversations, man. Just, I, I think that's the cool thing too, is I've seen a lot of people lean into each other and try to be resources, what, regardless of whether they think I might be doing this right or somebody else. Like, it's just people sharing back and forth from on the tech side, the worship side. I've seen pastors sharing stuff back and forth. It's just like, this is uncharted territory. We don't really mm-hmm. know what we're doing. And so here's what we're doing. And what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Well, like what's, what's working in your church. And I think that's, I I think it's what we need to keep doing. And honestly, I think it's something that needs to continue past, Mm -hmm. you know, the exclusively live streaming is, is continue to look at each other for resources. And I think it'll be really good for our movement. If yeah, a conference is, is not the only time that we connect with people across the country. Mm -hmm. That's good. Because yeah. I know that like, yeah, I love hanging out with you guys and seeing you every other year or whatever. But like, honestly, yeah. like I know I could do a better job of like staying connected with my friends around the country. True. And I think yeah. that'll help the whole movement mm-hmm. out, you know, as we learn yeah. from each mm-hmm. other and, and be humble mm-hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, be more good. intentional about it. Like, yeah, I've had to be a lot more intentional, especially where like, even with just some of the people, like some of my closest friends here, like I see them all the time and now I don't see them all the time. Mm hmm. And now I haven't talked to him in like a week and a half. And so just because you have to be super intentional about it, you're not just going to cross paths or whatever, or see them here or there. Like you have to be like, Hey, 
let's get on a zoom call. Let's get on a phone call. Like let's, you know, have a fig dinner together or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it looks like seeing you, James and Matt and, and Ryan, like I see you guys like, you know, once a year, once every other year or whatever, depending on what conference we're all helping out with. But now, like I've talked to you guys, like in the most, like the last couple months, like the most, and I've known you guys for like, like James, we were discovering, like we've known each other for like 10 years, like, and now we've just like talked, we've had more conversations the last like few months than we have, like in those 10 years combined. Yeah. It's a good thing to come of this. It's relationally healthy Yeah, for all of us. Like, you know, I mean, some of my best friends do not live in my city. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's important. But I also think that, like, I think back to what James is saying, like, from a leadership standpoint, like we, we desire to be lifelong learners and like, we can learn from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, you you know, learning in our movement is not dependent on your size, your shape, your scope, your demographic, your geography. Like we can learn from everybody, but are we willing to, Yeah. and you know, listen to one another and, and do that. I think, you know, we talk about this crossroads, the movement is at like, you know, this next few years are super important mm-hmm. for like what, what is left to, you know, some of us and then really the ones beyond it, you know, the younger ones. And so, you know, to be, be able to like transfer everything that's ever been given to you mm-hmm. into someone else and continue to learn though, you know, the, 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 the worst thing that could be said of us is that we just get to a point where we can't learn something anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, that's, that's heartbreaking to me, mm-hmm. but, but there's such a rich uh, community of people that are amazing mm-hmm. to learn from that, you know, you may never ever encounter if you didn't like step out of your comfort zone and do that. And so, yeah. yeah. The thing <laughs> is you communication guys are, have never been more important and crucial than right now. So yeah. I appreciate all this stuff and, and you're learning like there's no rule book. It's not like yeah. you can go and figure out like how to do this job we just and then do book. it. And so you guys are doing that. And I, I think it's super valuable and super important. And so keep talking to one another, keep learning, mm-hmm. keep teaching us. Cause, cause we uh, don't know how to do this. Yeah. So it's helpful. Thanks guys for having this conversation and uh, yeah, keep, keep doing awesome things in, in Phoenix there. And uh, yeah, we'll keep watching and learning from you guys. I mean, we're sure. yeah, you guys, you guys so. Yeah, seriously, you guys keep <laughs> innovating for us, will you? <laughs> I'm glad we got to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, so man. good. Thanks. Thanks for uh, inviting yeah. us. We never get yeah. invited. Yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody.